You are listening to the Roberta Glass True Crime Report, putting the true back in true crime. From New York City, Roberta Glass is now on the record. Welcome. State's attorney Marilyn Mosby last week filed a motion to vacate Adnan Syed's conviction. Syed was convicted for the 1999 murder of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee, and was sentenced on to life in prison plus 30 years on February 25th, 2000. To speak with me about his reversal of fortune is retired journalist Rob Chadwick. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lisa O'Brien from the Based in Fact podcast and William Ramsey from the William Ramsey Investigates podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Thanks. So first off, Rob, can you talk about what what is the evidence against Adnan Syed? There's actually quite a bit. I mean, if you want to go in order, uh, they found a note in his bedroom that was put in a place where he kept uh, memorabilia. And this was the breakup note from Hay. And on top of that note, which was written after the note was given to him, I will kill. So that's one thing. Then they have um, the night before the murder, Adnan tried to reach Hay during the middle of about midnight or so, three times before he got her. So it was like this this mad dash to reach her. And she was out on uh, with a date on Don, her current uh, boyfriend during that time. Then uh, the next morning he got to school very early and was overheard asking Hay for a ride. And she said yes at that time. Um, he hurried and called Jay Wiles about um, 10 o'clock, 1045, and got rid of his car. He said, I want to bring my car to you, and you can go get um, Stephanie, his girlfriend, uh, Jay's girlfriend, a birthday present. So he got rid of his car out of the uh, Woodlawn High School parking lot so that there, you know, it wouldn't be there, so he, he wouldn't be suspicious. Then um, we we come to later that afternoon, uh, there was there was a visit to a woman named Christy Vinson that she said on serial how unusual Adnan was behaving. And he got a phone call from a detective. He admitted to this detective that he had asked Kay for a ride that day, but later uh, it, it didn't happen. She didn't show up or he left or, or something. Then uh, later, later on down the road, another detective asked him about uh, the ride request. And he said, oh, no, I wouldn't ask for a request. I have my own car. So he denied what he told one detective and then told the other detective a different story. And then, of course, there's uh, Jay, Jay's testimony about Adnan having asked him to help the night before and he wouldn't do it. But he, he agreed to help him with the burial after the murder. After that murder uh, and the, the phone pings in Lincoln Park tie the phone to, to that area. And it's not just those incoming things. They're trying to discredit those. But the, the ping immediately before the two incoming pings was on the west side of the park. The ping after that was on the east side of the park where Hayes' car was abandoned. So it's not just those incoming pings that are problematic. It's all the whole stretch of pings during that time. When Adnan said he was at the mosque, by the way, he couldn't have been at the mosque. There's no way. Um, right. Then Jens Pusateri uh, is waiting for to pick up Jay at Westview Mall. And uh, they arrive. Adnan's bringing Jay in his car. And she sees Adnan. Jay gets out of the car and into her car, and he says, oh, my God, you got to take me back to this dumpster where Adnan dumped the shovels. I need to wipe them off. Well, that, and then the next day she says she drove him to to another dumpster to dispose of his clothing. 
And uh, wow. and there's just all kinds of contradictions in his testimony, you know, and there's evidence that he that he may have told other people in the mosque and all of that. There's there's just so much. There's overwhelming evidence. And when they say there's Thank not, that's just, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> right, right. Now they have, what were, uh, Lisa and uh, William, what were your thoughts on this filing? Lisa, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I think it's um, long on propaganda and very short on proven fact uh, and evidence. And it's also, I think, legally insufficient because while they allege Brady violations, they don't cite to any evidence of materiality or meet any of the criteria of Brady to say that what they allege was withheld was material and would have changed the outcome of Adnan Syed's trial. And I think where I, where I say it's long on propaganda because they are not looking at the entire case against Syed, as Rob has laid out. They're saying, well, you can't believe Jay Wilds and therefore the whole case goes away. All the evidence is gone. And that simply is not true because even if you take out Jay Wilds statements that aren't corroborated, you've got disinterested witnesses who do corroborate some of his statements, as with Jen helping him dispose of evidence. You know, Jen seeing Syed with Jay mm. the night Hayes' body was buried. Yes. It's just, uh, it's long on propaganda and short on legal fact. And the, the frightening thing is that because it's not opposed, unless the AG's office steps in between now and tomorrow morning, it's probably going to be granted. Yeah. Uh, William Ramsey? Well, I think it's interesting that this whole filing isn't taking place in a vacuum. It's taking place under the circumstances of Marilyn Mosby losing her election and also in a trial for fraud and perjury. So I think that she has a personal interest in stoking up a lot of uh, hype and hysteria to distract from her personal situation and the predicament that she's in. So she, I don't know if people know this background, but she was found to have taken money out of her retirement savings during COVID. And then mm -hmm. there was some kind of mortgage fraud issue going on. So she actually, actually I have a clip. Let's let's okay. let's look at Marilyn Mosby cool. and her and it actually goes right into it. I was telling before we started, I was telling Rob, this is such an interesting clip because it, it has a long piece on Marilyn Mosby and then it has another piece on on her freeing Adnan Syed like and they're they were put into one video so it's kind of interesting that they consider those stories related so um uh here it is. Team coverage tonight of our two big stories. Jeff Abel standing by live with what's next in a high-profile trial of Adnan Syed. But first, Mackenzie Frost has the latest in the federal trial of Marilyn Mosby. For the second time, Marilyn Mosby's fraud and perjury trial is getting delayed. This time, it's because the defense failed to disclose expert witnesses on time, and prosecutors say they want time to hire their own. The delay comes as Mosby is winding down her time in office, and that is weighing heavy on the defense. Walking into court Wednesday, City State's attorney Marilyn Mosby staying quiet as four federal charges loom over her. Hours before jury selection was scheduled to begin, federal judge Lydia Grigsby agreeing to delay the trial because federal prosecutors say Mosby's defense team waited too long to disclose expert witnesses, a point Mosby's attorney, Scott Bolden, denies. After the ruling, Bolden outspoken and upset on the steps of the courthouse. And now on the eve of trial, if not further persecution of Marilyn Mosby, 
as a public official, they throw gasoline on an already troublesome prosecution. Bolden's expert witness centers around Mosby's travel-related business they claim was negatively impacted by the pandemic, which they say qualified her to withdraw $81,000 from her retirement account without penalty. I've talked about the business before, and the government has amnesia about it now. If I could curse, I'd tell you it was all bull****. The same business Mosby and her own spokesperson, Zy Richardson, said in 2020 were not operational. Richardson said publicly, quote, there are no clients and Mosby has not received a single cent in revenue. There are no plans to operate the company while she is state's attorney. This was making the best out of a bad situation. Baltimore area attorney Adam Ruther, who isn't involved in this case, says Judge Grigsby was left with few options. That's not a fair way to conduct a trial for the government, which is entitled to a certain amount of notice. We vehemently opposed it. We're ready to go. And now the calendar gets closer to when Mosby will be out of office. My client's been under investigation by the United States government for over 200 days. She's got a family. She's lost an election. She needs income after January 6th, as you all well know. And the question remains. Mr. Bolden, what's next? When would you like to see this case move to trial since it's not starting on Monday? Tomorrow. Well, that's probably not going to happen. So what's your next option? Well, we'll be in court tomorrow to try to figure that out. When City State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby will face a jury has yet to be decided. So jury selection will... Okay. So that gives you an idea. That's a very recent, recent piece on her yeah. trials. But it's not it's also- very, not very reassuring when someone who is up for charges of uh, fraud herself is now trying to say that uh, she's trying to prevent fraud and uh, or trying to, re- uh, you know, right a, a perceived wrong in Adnan's case. Right, but now that William Ramsey has opened it up, let's look at some of the characters. So we have Marilyn Mosby who just got voted out. So come January, there's going to be a new state's attorney named Ivan Bates, I think. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah. Ivan Bates. That's right. So we have her. We have Becky Feldman, who's the assistant state's attorney. She was a Innocence Project fellow. These are the prosecutors, not the defense attorneys, the prosecutors. Innocence Project fellow. She also is (laughs) integral in reviewing these it sounds much like what we have in New York with these integrity review commissions. She reviews these cases. She's bragging on her profile or she's stating, I don't know if she's bragging. That's my editorialization. But she's stating on her bio that she has released 50 criminals in the past two years. 50. So Adnan Syed will be her 51st if that's up to date. Two years. I, I would hate to look at what those cases look like. And I guess they want to put the piece de resistance is Adnan Syed. But this is going on all over the country where what happened was George Soros funded, to the, depending on who's reporting, 40 to 50 million these campaigns of DAs all over the country and uh, about 75 DA campaigns. And this is the result. We have these kind of in certain mostly blue states, we have a situation where we have two defense attorneys and no prosecutor. So what we have here, so I just want to give my audience an idea of the background of this filing is that we have 
no one's advocating for Heyman Lee. She has no, no, there's, there's just all there is is the defense attorney. That's what's left. It's incredible. It really is incredible. Seeing how much info, uh, research has gone through this and that it's gone through what the original trial, the appeal was granted, and then went to the Supreme Court of Maryland. You and I did a show on that, right? Yeah. Where that response was hands down, everything was fine. And it was actually an issue of Sixth Amendment representation of counsel, I think, was really the primary. They didn't really dispute the facts uh, at the Supreme Court, if I remember correctly. So now that they're saying that the, there's new evidence and two unnamed suspects who I, I don't even know. Have you guys read the filing? Do you know who yes. those are? Oh, yeah. Yes. So let's talk about so that, So who were these two new suspects? The Rob? first, uh, the one is Alonzo Sellers. He's the one that uh, found the body in Leakin Park. And initially he did fail his polygraph test. They, but supposedly he was under stress that day. His, he was buying real estate. His wife was waiting for him, whatever. They brought him back and let him take a different kind of polygraph test, and he passed it. But that's one of the suspects. That's the clearest. Now, the other suspect they talk about uh, being... So that's uh, Mr. S. So it's... Mr. Sorry S. To interrupt. Alonzo Just Sellers. to clarify. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, then the other person they, they talk about is someone who's been found guilty of sexual crimes and is serving time in prison. And that seems to be Bilal Ahmed man from the mosque and Adnan's mentor or friend who actually he was an adult, Adnan was still 17, got him the cell phone the day or two before Hayes' murder. Because he, Bilal was convicted mid-decade actually sexually assaulting his male patients in his dental practice. So he is serving time in prison for that. And that that's the only thing I can think of the only person in this whole, Jay's never been arrested for anything sexual. Neither has Mr. Mr. S is a streaker, but that's, that's not, that's not really a sexual crime. There's nobody involved in the case that has any sexual offenses as far as I know. So those two, but then the person who's, who lived behind uh, 300 Edmondson, I would say Jay probably had friends living there because he admits that on his daily rounds, he would occasionally see the car. So is that three people? Wait, who's the one? That I think lives there's more there? than that. I think there's three or four people they're talking about because they're taking sound bites from Undisclosed and HBO's documentary, and they're throwing it all in there because, like you said, there's no prosecutor to to call them on it. Oh, so they're just sort of like throwing in. I think. Yeah. I, I was. I was saying. Well, he lives nearby. I mean, can you imagine no, if, if they accused Adnan of doing this crime because he lived nearby? Well, he lived nearby. Right. Exactly. Jay didn't really I mean, just live a there, but he crime. And, and are you disappointed, Rob, that they didn't include uh, falsified time cards admitted to school oh, alibi? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful they're leaving Don alone because that poor guy, he's never even had a traffic ticket on that you can find on his record. He's he's, mm -hmm. he's totally squeaky clean. So now I'm glad that they're, <laughs> they're leaving now, him alone. Who would it be that had threatened to make Hay disappear? I don't know. Or kill her or hurt if you her. Remember, if you remember from long ago in Serial, Sarah Koenig, on one episode, they placed a soundbite of a woman's voice saying that I was threatened that he would do to me what he did to Hay. Never heard anything from her, though. But later on in the series, Sarah Koenig went to look for somebody who overheard at a party. Somebody threatened somebody. But when she got to him, you know, he wouldn't tell her anything. Okay. He did remember how upset Adnan was when he left him though. That was, I thought that was quite interesting that he remembered that just right off the bat. Be, you know? 
because of one of their one of their first <laughs> allegations is that they found two people who said in a police file that someone directly threatened hey yeah. and therefore had motive and and uh, either motive or opportunity and they found it from two people in the police file statements that this person had threatened hey for I'm all sure we there's know, that could have been odd not there's there's probably something in the police file that they're referring to, but I don't I don't believe that it's a Brady violation. I mean, yeah, I don't oh, so, see any reason. So they're to saying that. that they didn't turn over. Which suspect creates the Brady violation? Uh, well, they're claiming they the two anything. witness. They're they're claiming the two witness statements weren't disclosed to the defense. I thought the theme of this filing was, first of all, it's anyone but Adnan. Any basically let him out because it's anyone but Adnan. But what's left out and what's left out of this filing is Adnan's own words, Adnan's own actions. He says he has no alibi. He still can't remember where he was that day. It was like any other ordinary day that your ex-girlfriend goes missing. Mm -hmm. I mean, years ago, I mean, decades ago, a woman at my work died. I barely knew her. But I can tell you every moment of what that was like when they announced her death. And right. I didn't, I mean, this is your ex-girlfriend. And, and this right. was when, this was when Adnan was questioned on the 25th of January that he mm-hmm. said, well, I can't really tell you. I don't remember. And that's the interesting thing. What did you think, Rob, when they brought up Krista's new, that she verified some information, but now it can't be correct because we've decided well, that, that she had so- to be. What, what's going yeah. on with that? Well, first of all, they're saying that uh, Jen and Christy said that that they didn't really remember what day it was. Well, no, they didn't have a calendar tucked into their back pocket with January 13th circled. But they remembered that all this happened on, on Stephanie's birthday, which was January 13th. And it was also the same day that all the calls appeared on Adnan's cell phone log about, you know, up to Jen's house. It was also the day before a big storm. Right. That shut everything down for two days. Exactly. And, of course, I don't know if we want to talk about Asia McClain, but, you know, that that's a totally ridiculous uh, situation. Let's put a pin she, in that and return to it. But, yeah. But what's the deal with Chris, Krista? Why is this so important that she wasn't doing this on that day, but she was doing something else? They, Jay and Adnan couldn't yeah. have come to her home? She said on that day that she went to uh, an all-day conference. She was at... Uh, her college and went to uh, an all-day conference and arrived home about 5, 5.30 and was looking at Judge Judy when Adon and Jay came over. And now they've, they've found or whatever, some kind of calendar that shows that she had a class scheduled that night. But they don't have an attendance record. They don't have anything. They have a calendar. And I, my calendar is full of stuff that I never did, so I, I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Personally, this is my my opinion. I mean, I think that they probably moved that class to the day because she said she was at school that day. I think they moved that class to the day, that seminar, and that's where she was because Susan Simpson went looking for this seminar during the day that day and never could find one. So I think it was a last-minute switch. So Christy was where she said she was. It all happened on the 13th. Amazing. And it could, again, it could be because of the inclement weather, they would cancel the night classes. Exactly. Because exactly. UNO, when I went to night school, UNO did that all the time, inclement weather expected. Of course. Another interesting thing about this filing is they say he should be granted a new trial. William Ramsey, do you expect Adnan Syed to be retried? 
And if he is retried, what are the challenges of that? I mean, it's t- there's tons of challenges. I don't think they'll be retried. I think that the new person will come in and probably re- retract it. I think that this was timed perfectly for her the same day that she was going to court. So, um, yeah, I think that there's a lot of problems uh, considering that it's already gone all the way to the Supreme Court and sure, sure. What do you mean retract it? What does that mean, retract it? Well, I think I, th- I was never in the criminal law, so I'm not a prosecutor, but I think that any... So I think they can just pull pull the uh, filing back when somebody comes in, like any this new trial thing. So I think that that's probably what will happen is they'll put the put the stops to it. I mean, that's I think what they well, it's very interesting. They did this with Marty Tankliff where they let him out. They said, oh, he needs a new trial because of this one issue or, or this issue in his case. And then they never retried it. So what that does is it just erases. It's like they have no record, right? Correct. And, and no, they never, it yeah. just totally erased it. So it's better than Adnan Syed's advocate, Robbery Chaudhry based her can her interest in getting serial done on the West Memphis three on seeing the West Memphis three documentary. And they got an Alfred plea. This is much better than mm-hmm. an Alfred plea. They don't, right. Adnan Syed never right. has to say guilt. He has no guilt. It's like wiped clean, clean slate, perfect record can become a lawyer can become a doc anything he wants to do mm-hmm. he he can do it now and he think? can sue the baltimore city for and right and then the tax dollars right yeah. we'll have to pick up right. the bill for when he sues that's this is what rabia would want because now she has everything cleared for her civil suit this is how innocence fraud works they clean mm-hmm. up in the civil courts when the taxpayers foot the bill for this totally rightful conviction and and Adnan will become a millionaire. And he'll be out of court, he'll be out of jail, right? He'll be out yes. of jail once this new trial starts yes. starts. He'll probably go go home tomorrow or two. But we tomorrow. just brought really? up the probably really. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a- so what about Asia McLean? Where is she gone? She seems to be totally <laughs> what's left out of this. They don't need her anymore. No, mm-hmm. they don't that's need right. her. They, they didn't need her after she appeared in 2016. They couldn't possibly put her on the any kind of witness stand in a trial because there are these two uh, classmates who say she told him at the time she was making it all up. So, you know. Right. The twins really put the kibosh in her <laughs> step. She had written her book. She had her money train rolling and the twins came out with that letter saying she said she was going to, yeah. it was, there, there's so many problems with Asia McLean and, and that, and that alibi. Also, just to oh. correct a, a minor distinction, um, the case hasn't really gone to the U.S. Supreme Court. They denied a writ. They denied a writ of certiorari, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't really definitively on the merits been decided. And Adnan Syed has never done federal habeas. I don't understand. I thought they, why I they thought he did. That. I thought he did, and they uh-huh. turned that down. No, no, he he did state post conviction, okay. and has continued state post conviction. Oh, okay. Which, which is Thank an you. interesting story in itself because he had to file. Maryland's pretty lax on filing uh, post conviction mm-hmm. uh, petitions. He waited until the last moment to file that. By that time, Christina Gutierrez was dead. His the detective who worked on his case and her employee was almost dead. He died during the time that the petition was being, re- or shortly after Judge Welch made his first decision to uh, deny the petition. So I don't know why he waited 10 years. That, that just makes no sense. Robbie had tried mm-hmm. to tell people he had to, but that's not true. Mm-mm. They also cite these new laws that have come in that make this sort of evidence 
able to turn over this case possible? Can anyone speak to that? The These new two HB eight. I have eight seven four eight and SB zero six seven six. Yeah, and, and back a little bit of history, there was a unit in the Baltimore City Police called the Gun Trace Task Force, and they were extremely corrupt. They were taking money, they were taking drugs, they were selling drugs, they were lying and setting up innocent people and putting them in prison for selling drugs because they were getting overtime. And it was like a racket within the police, the Baltimore City Police. In, in 2019... Maryland legislature passed uh, a law basically allowing convictions obtained based on testimony from the gun trace task force members to be vacated. They apparently, though, did not limit it to gun trace task force. And so since that time, the state's attorney's office in Baltimore has been using it in multiple cases that even didn't involve because Adnan Syed's case didn't involve the gun trace task force. Although it was going on at the same time. And they float out this idea about this one detective that Ritz, but they're, but they're, but they write this line that we are not insinuating that there was any police misconduct done in this investigation, but there was this one detective that was involved in this case. Maybe something I've never seen a motion like this, like maybe like this might they, be something. This might be something. This might be something. Yeah. Just they let them go. To, right. They cite to two cases that were overturned based yeah. on findings of misconduct of some sort by this detective Ritz. But those cases had nothing to do. I mean, Adnan's case is not that kind of case. Adnan, they would have had no reason to want to frame Adnan. They had Jay sitting there who just confessed to burying a body. Correct. I mean, they if they if they could have taken him if they just wanted to close the case. That's ridiculous. They but you know they didn't. I don't know about Ritz. He's never actually been found. I don't think personally been found to have done anything wrong. But he's been involved in a couple of overturned cases. Yeah, and that's I didn't look at those two that those two cases to find out what precisely because I think again this is a propaganda piece. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not a legally a legal evidentiary document, it's propaganda, it's hearsay, mm-hmm. it's, and hope. I'm hoping that the judge who hears this is going to say denied because it's insufficient. There are insufficient grounds. We could hope, but she is, she's also a public, she's also a public defender as, or something. Yeah. So Right. They know who they're she's going. I mean, this just feels right. very much like, I don't know, it's, but it, I, I have a, a feeling they know who they go <laughs> They know who they are going in front yeah. of. I, I just have that feeling that they know what judge to pick. Or and I don't understand why this, why the attorney general's not office has not it. stepped in. I wish they would. I'm That's hoping they do tomorrow, but I don't know. Yeah. I, is it nine o'clock tomorrow? Does anyone know what time this is happening tomorrow? I think it's two p.m. I'm not sure about that. I could be. Wrong, I'm not. I, I'm not, I know on. it's the nineteenth, but I don't know what time. We were talking about this whole the first uh, one of the first episodes I ever made and I put it up on my YouTube channel was called How Serial Will Free a Murderer. If only <laughs> if only someone had predicted this. Uh, so it's incredible. On that matter, what do you guys know what the response is? I mean, now that this motion has been filed, what's the uh, impact on the innocence fraud community? Well Rob, you were talking about can you talk about the trajectory well, of public opinion on this a little bit and how and where it is now? 
Well, the big the big subreddit on the case has been there since 2014. And at one time it was it was divided pretty much like one third innocent and two thirds. I don't know. Or he's uh, one, uh, about maybe two thirds innocent and one third guilty. And then for a while there in the last few years, the people who thought he was innocent just kind of faded away. Now, I don't know if they were there and just not saying anything or what, but it, uh, uniformly people thought he was guilty. I mean, it was like a, a, an 80-20 mix of guilty uh, versus innocence. But now this last week, I mean, they've come back in full force. So I, I don't know what it will. I'm sure that he'll be able to fool most of the people, uh, but hopefully not all the people. Because the transcripts were released in this, and that put the real kibosh on this. Yeah, the people who were yeah. really interested in this at least looked at some of the transcripts and and did some real research on this. And that really ended it because there's no way around Jay knowing where the car is unless you're going to mm-hmm. say that the police knew where the car was. They're That's getting what they calls. Want to from Heyman Lee's mother crying and they're just sitting on this <laughs> discovered car and not, not saying anything. No. The police knew where the body was or just the car. They're saying the police knew where the car was and kept that a secret. But the problem is that the police file shows that they were still requesting resources to try to find the car. They were asking for helicopters. They were trying, they were still trying to trying to find the car. And that's, that's documented on mm-hmm. the day that Jay led him to, uh, led them to. Mm. Yeah, this is, is this is just going to be, this is going to get worse and worse in our, yeah, our, our, our country. Yeah. This is what yeah. innocence fraud is all about. This is a perfect example. Look at systemic, systemic innocence fraud, right? So mm-hmm. the system itself, yeah. just like, it's like, uh, fighting against itself with this this type of thing happening. It's incredible. What's so funny is this movement is saying that the justice system is unfair, but none, no one in this chat would suggest that we take away, you know, Adnan, take away all defense attorneys. Let's just take away all defense attorneys. Only have prosecutors. No one would suggest that for our justice system, but it's perfectly no. fine mm-hmm. to have a, a thousand DAs acting like defense attorneys in our courtrooms. Not and even judges. and advocates too, more than defense right. attorneys. I, I mean, they're. I think they're going even beyond defense advocates. Just get him right. out. I mean, that's the feeling of this filing. Get him out, whatever it takes. Here's yeah. about five thousand pieces of spaghetti. Let's see what what sticks. And the exactly. the timing is uh, is bad because the the incoming state's attorney, he won't be able to reverse it. It'll be a done deal by the time right. he takes office. Right. Yeah, but he probably wouldn't anyway. He said way back when that he wouldn't reprosecute that. So he's on board too. Oh, unfortunately. Okay. And, wow. and nobody, and, and, and uh, some of these prosecutors run unopposed. Who wants this low paying, hard, hard job? <laughs> Who wants it? They're not a lot of people either. It's not for lawyers. Most of them leave and become defense attorneys because that's where the real money is, not in being a prosecutor. Um, does anybody have any questions? I'm going to keep it short. Is there anything I missed? Anybody? I, I just, I just think it's interesting too that they pulled the whole like uh, West Memphis three stunt where they tested all the DNA and then came up with nothing. You know, there's no DNA mm-hmm. on anything. Exactly, it was inconclusive. <clears throat> it was entirely inconclusive. And you know, interestingly, it doesn't even say that Adnan Syed is eliminated as a donor on par- partial profiles that they were able to obtain. 
or developed. Right. It just it doesn't say. Right. They ask so, for this DNA and Mar. They keep going. This is not a case for DNA. Uh-huh. And we it's only not. solve a, a, a tiny percentage of our criminal cases with DNA. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's like I've read anywhere between eight and 12 percent. So yeah. what this is the new precedent. Everything has to have DNA tied to it. And just so free Chris Watts. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Free, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's start it going. I mean, I think there are actually, sadly, are some people who want to free Chris Watts, but, you know, for, let's start freeing some of these kids. Most of the majority of our killers and, and other, you know, yeah, this is a disaster. That, this is that, a disaster that, for the legal system in Maryland. It's wow. terrible. Yeah. Why it's do New they York, want that? LA? Yeah. I mean, no, I mean they, it's going on. Well, you talked about Krasner, right? Krasner, Philadelphia. Chase mm-hmm. Budin got punted. There was a guy that um, DeSantis kicked out of Tampa, was a, a right. Soros DA. Mm-hmm. Um, they complained about that, but he wouldn't prosecute anybody. And then uh, here, it's, uh, I forgot the guy's Gascon. Right. I have a little clip of Gascon before we go talking about how George Soros used the ACLU funded between 40 and $50 million into getting these elected. It's a very short clip. I just want to play it before we go quickly. We literally started looking at the map of the U.S. and we were trying to identify strategically what are the urban centers where is anybody that could be considered a progressive prosecutor. Um, you know, there were a couple of people that have been nibbling in some areas, but we just couldn't find one. So one of the conversations was then, uh, how do we go about creating a movement here, which actually eventually led to uh, Open Societies Foundation, which is a George Soros Foundation, uh, putting almost $50 million in 2014 through the ACLU to begin the movement. And you know, people like Larry Krasner and others came to my office while they were running for office. In some cases, we identified people to run for office. And then many would come in after getting elected. They send their people in. So like, for instance, Larry's number two, at one point spent almost a month going in and out of my office. So you heard it from the horse's mouth. I mean, I was reluctant to say Soros-backed prosecutors because for a while there, it was sort of like a conspiracy theory. We weren't right. sure. We weren't sure how it, now there's a lot more information about how this got done. Mm-hmm. And where the money went, but seventy-five prosecutors, and they're and it's not just blue cities. They are going. They are attacking Oklahoma. They're trying to get Richard Glass out there, Republican, yeah. Yeah. Republicans mm-hmm. in in Oklahoma. So they've hired an innocence project firm to reinvestigate a case. I mean, that's not how our justice systems work. Mm-hmm. You don't hire right. a, a law firm. The consequences of this motion are going to be immense. It's going to be like the Kim, uh, what's the Chicago lady who who let uh, Kim, what's his face out? I mean, she she Kim, had Kimberly yeah, Fox. Yeah, Kim Fox. They had to Jesse have a Smollett. Yeah, guy mean? Smollett. I think he's out, but mm-hmm. I think that's another example. Like he was yes. guilty mm-hmm. as heck, and it caused a real problem in Chicago. They had to appoint another attorney. I can't remember the guy's name, but I think this will that'll be what happens in this situation is. The legal system in Maryland is going to just go apoplectic. I think they have to because you can read all of the evidence. It's all been done and looked over. Yeah, and what's the hard. what's the urgency here? I mean, they say that they can't say he's innocent. Why is it so important to get him out of prison this week? Why don't they do? You know, they they can 
investigate and uh, within 30 days and have more and more to uh, give us. So they haven't told us anything. They've given us an opening argument, no evidence. That's exactly. That's a great point. Great point. Great point. Um, Lisa, any final thoughts? I, I just think it's sad for Heyman Lee's family and friends and people who truly loved her and the Krista Remmer and all those other people who claim to love her. They don't because they're supporting the man who killed her. And there is no doubt in my mind about that. William? I totally agree with you. Victims' rights, they need to put, integrate those into the system with greater efficacy. And this is a disaster. I, I didn't realize it when I sat down how bad it was until now. Wow. What's interesting to me also is it looked like at the maybe about eight months ago, Rabia Chaudhry was talking about this new law, which is also a law that are going all through the country to release people who committed crimes, who were given life sentences, who committed crimes as juveniles. She was saying, oh, Adnan's going to be freed under that act. Why not under that act? Me that I was expecting Adnan to get out under that. But well, the problem with that is, A, he can't sue for a wrongful conviction. And B, I think that this is just a theory that his horrible conduct in prison, his, his record of conduct is going to prevent him from getting out. Correct. Um, and that's today, not he's a... going to be caught, you know, with cell phones, all sorts of shenanigans yeah. in prison. And and that's not guaranteed. I don't think that he was sentenced under a mandatory sentencing scheme. Thank you, Lisa. He was sentenced with uh, a sentencing hearing where probation and parole submitted evidence and his family testified and submitted his position and Heyman Lee's family's loss was considered. And so it was a, a decision made by the judge uh, with discretion, not a law that said first degree murder, you go to prison for life. And right. that's what those juvenile resentencing. And I would, I would even, I would support him challenging his sentence under those terms mm-hmm. and having, if his sentence is reduced, mm-hmm. having it reduced and letting him get out on parole, but he doesn't want to be guilty. Well, he wants his, for one thing, he, he'll never admit it because I think, in my opinion, he's a psychopath. He's a sociopath. Uh, right, sociopath, psychopath, whichever you want you want. I think also they, I think Rabia, the money train has to keep going and it had dried up for a little bit. Oh, now they're going to yeah. reopen the faucet. They have a GoFundMe right now. Wow. Do they? Oh, wow. Yeah. It, got, I think they have $45,000 in it. Get out. So all you have to do is is strangle a woman to get forty five thousand dollars. Right. Well, they have they have actually in the past they way more than hundreds of thousands of dollars they've collected. Have been raised. Robbie, yeah. Robbie has a brand new house, incidentally. But yes. I mean, uh, wow, curious. Well, about that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I remember when the judgment came down from the appeals court in Maryland. She took that opportunity to hustle for money. Always, always money, always, always money. And I think he's represented by public defenders. So they're not paying for an attorney to represent him in all this. And our press is so bad, too. Not one person wrote, this is it, guys. (laughs) We're skeptical media (laughs) on this case. I think it's me and a few other, maybe a few other people. I don't know. I, I haven't heard. I, I know Pat Brown spoke out. But she said that she thought Marilyn Mosby did this because cereal was so popular and she thought that this would make her popular. But do you guys agree with that just quickly? before we Well, I, I think I she like might be using it to, to improve her image a little bit because uh, she ran on the idea of improving the justice system in Baltimore. And she really did nothing much. 
until the last year or so. So I think maybe this high profile case might make her look better to the public. So I think there's something to that. Otherwise, I don't know. I mean. All right. This is a good place to end it. <laughs> Rob, William, Lisa, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. For Thanks having for having me. me. All right. Thanks. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.